Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm just going to read from verse 11 to verse 14. Uh, Paul writes this, In him, that's in Jesus Christ, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Now this is a most amazing passage and it will probably blow your mind when you really reflect on some of the things that Paul is saying here. Um, but for each of us, as we were thinking this morning, if we're in Christ, that means, and Rob explained it really well, if we belong to him, if we're his child, if we put our trust in him, in him we were chosen. I often think it's remarkable that God would choose to rescue me with all the times that I turn my back on him. And I hope that that's something that we all reflect on, the wonder of the grace that he's shown us. Having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. That is a real challenge, isn't it? Uh, Trusting that God is utterly sovereign in a broken world and trusting that he is working everything out in conformity with the purposes of his will. It's obviously particularly difficult in periods of intense suffering where we just cannot see a way out and we cannot see any sense of an answer to the question why. And that's something we just have to grapple with and grapple with God with and the love and support and prayers of those around us can really help. But away from suffering, that can just be the reality of the working world, can't it? Uh, If you're not working, just the reality of life. Just thinking, in all that I've experienced, what is God doing in all of that? Why did I have that difficult conversation with X? Why am I really struggling to get on with Y? Why am I being called to work in this office? I'm just pushing paper around all day long and I don't see the purpose of it. Uh, Why are my children very, very difficult often and I'm really struggling to parent Why as a child do I find my parents really irritating and I struggle to be a child? But it's trusting that God is at work in everything, working out everything in conformity with the purpose of his his will. But it goes on, verse 12, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. We'll come back to that. You also were included in Christ. You, You came to belong to him when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. I love that picture. You know, um, in medieval times, they might brand an oxen or something with a hot iron or even a prisoner or something. And it's this permanent mark that's burned or etched into a person's skin. It's kind of like that, that God has burnt into your very soul himself through the person of his Holy Spirit. And it's a way of saying you are now mine and nothing and no one will separate you from me. It's why he's able to say those great words in Romans chapter 8 about nothing would ever separate us from the love of God. It's like him saying, I've got hold of you, and even if you let go of me, I'll never let go of you. And God's hands are the biggest and most powerful hands ever. You believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So coming to put our trust in Jesus, the gift of his spirit to come and live within each one of us, guarantees our future. 
God is there at the beginning. He's completely at work in bringing us to faith. And he's the one who ensures that we keep trusting through all the ups and downs and muddle and mess of our lives. But I want you to reflect just on one phrase that came twice in that reading. Can you spot what it was? To the praise of his glory. And what Paul is really saying is that all of life begins to make more sense when we live it to the praise of his glory. Think about what that means. Uh, Through the highs of life, through the desperate lows of life, everything in between. Through the things that we get, the things that we just don't get and understand. Everything is meant to be lived out for the praise of his glory. Because God is the source of everything. And he's given us everything and wants us to live our life uh, for his praise and glory. Um, are you familiar with a catechism? A catechism is a kind of a series of questions and statements or answers. It's a way of teaching. And uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism says, The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And this is exactly what Paul's talking about in this passage, to live for the glory of his name. His purpose for each of our lives is to live our whole life, everything, for the glory of his name. That's the chief end of man, to, uh, to glorify God and enjoy him. And I hope what we'll see through this whole series over the next six weeks or so is the more that we see that all of our life matters to God, everything that we do, the more that we will enjoy God, the more we'll enjoy being in relationship with him and, and enjoying the adventure of life, which is full of highs, full of really desperate lows, but going through life as an adventure with our creator and trusting that as we have him at the center of our lives, we'll see him at work, bringing things out into the conformity of the purpose of his will. And I hope and pray that this will be a really useful series in that sense. Just going to stick up a a slide here, which will show you where we're going over the next few weeks. Um, Really just six expressions of being fruitful. Uh, I've got some little cards here. Um, They're kind of like little credit cards. You can put them in a wallet or tuck them in your pocket, pop them in your car. And really, they just talk about this. They say on the back here, a verse from chapter 15 of John, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And on the reverse, there's this little prayer. Uh, Father, as you can see, help me to model godly character, which is what we're going to think about tonight. Uh, Make good work. Minister grace and love. Mold culture. Be a mouthpiece for truth and justice. And a messenger for the gospel. These are really six different expressions of what it means to be fruitful on our front line. And maybe it's really helpful for you to think through over the next six weeks. What's your front line? Where do you spend the bulk of your time and energy? Where for this season of your life has God placed you? And then thinking and praying through how do these different expressions of fruitfulness play out in our life? And it's going to be a process, I'm sure. We're going to help each other with this. We'll be learning throughout the weeks to come. But I really hope and pray that that will help us. Before um, we watch uh, the short eight-minute video, which is beginning that first one, Model Godly Character, this is just a chance for us to pray together. Uh, Perhaps you're convicted, you want to just pray a prayer of confession, saying sorry to God because you know you're wasting the place, the front line he's put you, and you're not taking opportunities to make a difference for him. Perhaps it could be a prayer of thankfulness, thanking God for where he's placed you and really asking him to help you to be fruitful there. Uh, but it would be lovely if just one or two could raise a hand. I'll run around with the mic, and if you could just lead us in some short prayers as we try and pull together some of what we've been thinking of tonight. Let's pray together. Father, please give us the, the grace, the strength, the honesty to ask you 
for what you want us to do and then to hear and to obey you. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you because always bring light to our lives. Please help us to be bold in everyday circumstance, wherever you have put us. Help us always to be strong and always to bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We do thank you and praise you, Heavenly Father, that you've given each of us a front line, a place to live, a place to work, a place to play, a place with family. And I pray that you would help us now as we watch this next short video clip. You'd help us to think about how we can model godly character on our front line. Thank you that all of life matters to you. And please would you help us to reflect on this video now and for it to make a real difference in the week ahead. To the praise of your glory. Amen. There's something about the warm hubbub of a really good coffee shop that makes for great conversations. As for the coffee itself, well, the coffee's pretty good every time. But my experience of being served, well, that varies enormously. Some baristas make you feel like you're part of a production line, just another gullet to fill and another wallet to empty. Other baristas, well, they make you feel like they're really pleased to see you. Welcome. And they're always like that, even though sometimes they too must have had a really bad night's sleep or had to stand waiting for the bus in the rain for half an hour or be worried about their mum or maybe just have had a couple of really cranky customers complaining about the chocolate on their cappuccinos. No, they're really always pleased to see you. They don't just want to wish you a nice day. They want to make your day nicer. Character shines through in everything we do. Character does shine through in everything we do. Still, when we think about modelling godly character on our front lines, it isn't just about being nice. It's not just about hovering through life with some serene, beatific grin on our faces. Jesus wasn't always nice, and things were rarely easy. Indeed, modelling godly character requires more than niceness, just as real love is more than niceness. Love requires courage, determination, discernment. Modelling godly character is the fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives, in tough times and in easy times. It's him working in us as we allow him to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Now that's a pretty daunting list, isn't it? I wonder, how would you mark yourself on a list like that at the end of an average day. Let me tell you a true story. Louise worked for an absolute ogre. She was PA to probably the most unreasonable boss in Buckinghamshire. He was bad-tempered, he was changeable, he was indifferent to other people. And she worked for him for three years. She prayed for strength. She prayed that he would change, but he didn't. And she often felt like a failure. In the end, she just couldn't take it any longer, and she left, feeling like she'd let God down. 
Three weeks later, the woman who replaced her called her up and said, he is impossible. I've been here three weeks and I'm already thinking about leaving. How did you do it? I talked to other people and they said, you were fantastic, you were patient, you were gracious, you were always upbeat despite his impossible ways. How did you do it? How did she do it? Well, of course, the first thing is that Louise didn't really think she'd done anything at all. Often we don't do, we, we, we don't think we've done anything at all. But then, then someone tells us, you were so patient, you were so calm, you were so thoughtful, when everybody around you was completely losing the plot. The truth is that when we became Christians, God changed us. Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has gone. Behold, the new has come. You know, I take that at face value. I was a caterpillar. And when I was a caterpillar, there were only two ways to fly. On a leaf's back or in a bird's beak. But now I'm a butterfly. And I thank the Lord for giving me wings. I can fly. We are new creatures with new capacities. And the Lord doesn't just give us new capacities. He gives us new fuel. His gracious Holy Spirit working in us. His gracious Holy Spirit wanting to work in us more and more. Wanting not only to point us to Jesus, but to make us more like Jesus. Of course, we can't be complacent. We all have such a long way to go. But nor should we be ungrateful. God has made us new and has promised to be at work in us. So as we seek to model godly character, we don't do so in our own strength. We don't try to grit our teeth and summon up some smidgen of love, some atom of patience for that belligerent, bad-tempered bully of a centre-half in our football team. We go to God. Now another thing that Louise realised about her failure on the front line was that God had been working in and through her all that time and that others had seen it and been amazed by it. Just because we're struggling doesn't mean that God isn't working. I wonder, where does the rubber hit the road for you on your front line? Who are the people, what are the situations where you know you've needed God's Spirit to help you? What are the situations where you wish you'd called on him to help you? Where you wish you could have been just a wee bit different? Of course, Paul's list of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians is not meant to be exhaustive. There are other lists. But for now, let me focus on two streams of thought. First, selfless love. Most of the fruit involve our attitude and behaviour towards other people. Love for others. Patience and gentleness with others. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness to others. And yes, self-control. Because when I'm not self-controlled, someone else usually gets hurt. The second strand of thought is a kind of inner assurance, joy and peace. Now, I don't think joy means that we have to be highly carbonated, constantly effervescent people. There are plenty of joyous Christian people who aren't extroverts, but there's just something about them, isn't there? Something luminous that radiates out, something that makes you just pleased to see them walk into a room. In Galatians, Paul summarises it all as freedom. 
Christ's grace and love frees us from the power of sin and frees us from the hamster wheel of legalism. His love graces us with that deep assurance of God's love which gives us joy and peace and enables us to be other-centred. As the Apostle John puts it, we love because God first loved us. So godly character springs from our new identity in Christ. We are new creatures. Godly character ripens from the power of his spirit working in us in his own quiet and determined way. Actually, I suspect that most of us will one day be joyously surprised, probably astonished, by the way God has chosen to work through us. May the Lord shine through you this week. five minutes or so before we uh, sing and draw things to a close. It would be great just to hear some of your reflections on uh, what we've been thinking of together uh, from that passage in Ephesians, something that Mark Green shared. It could be just expressing the frustrations that we've already talked about. It could be something you've learned that could be a real encouragement to others. It would be just nice to hear from two or three people just some reflections that will encourage us and help us as we go out into the week ahead. Uh, The bit about not noticing when you are doing something Um, when God's working for you Um, somebody said of me when I was um, directing the choir at Wheatley that um, my faith shone through when I was asking people to sing in a particular way and and to to sing the music to the glory of God and I had no idea that that I was doing this anything like that effectively and and that's what more than one person has said to me and it is quite amazing that, that you just you know you're trying your best and you don't think your best is very good and then you find that actually it has had a a really big impact on other people without you having any idea about that at all yeah thank you and what an ordinary thing just leading a choir something that you know something like that that we would all do just something not it's it's a it's a skill i haven't got it's not what i mean Uh, it's just a normal thing though isn't it it's just something that you've got a gift and talent for and you do it each week and you think how does that honor god but it's a great story yeah thanks a few others Hello everyone, I'm, I've been quite new here, but um, we, we moved from Haddenham to here over the summer and I've been completely challenged with every time I've come to church. And all the way through that time we've been struggling at work with a, a line manager that was imposed on us eight months ago. And from literally the day she came we just thought, oh, oh this is going to be a disaster. And it one, was one in the video. That you <laughs> yeah, about. and um, it's been you know literally you know it's been big big challenge to my faith you know to my exactly what you're saying here of you know maintaining my Christian attitude towards this person. And when I came here, <laughs> there was an advert on the Louvre a few weeks ago for a job at the um, Wycliffe. Bible translators so I applied for it because I thought this is it God's telling me I should go there I should be working for them and um, anyway I got a reply saying no but thank you for applying at the very same day as the line manager handed in a notice (laughs) and there was never such a a thing as a door and tapped on another one opening and my colleagues when I went in they said I think you've got a direct line to the man above because guess what? You know, she's resigned. And she said, didn't that happen last time? Didn't you do something like that last time? We had a problem because this has been a thing going on for four years. And so I really feel challenged that I have got a front line to work on. But um, God's meant, obviously meaning me to be there, not somewhere else. 
but it's a challenge and this is a great series. Yeah, thanks. That's really encouraging. Fresh, so it's, um, we need to listen carefully to what God is asking us to do. And sometimes it may seem quite ridiculous, like that man going to pick up the litter. But if God's asking us to do it, it won't be ridiculous. When I was at school, um, we used to always have assembly each morning. Well, we called it prayers, actually. Assembly was something that was invented after, long after I left school. And we used to sing these, what I thought, and most other boys probably my age thought were really rubbishy, boring old hymns. There's one that uh, I never really understood what it meant um, until a lot later. Um, I, I found it. I did a moment ago. My smartphone's gone dead. Here it is, yes. Can I just read out three, I think, three of the verses? Because Bear with me, because the language is quite ancient. It was written in 1633. But listen, this really... You're not that spoke... old, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Nearly. <laughs> this really uh, came into my mind and stuck with me, so I want to share it with you. Teach me, my God and King, in all things thee to see, and what I do in anything to do it as for thee. All may of thee partake, nothing can be so mean, which, with this tincture, for thy sake, will not grow bright and clean. A servant with this clause makes drudgery divine, who sweeps a room, as for thy laws, makes that and the action fine. This is the famous stone that turneth all to gold, for that which God doth touch and own cannot for less be told. Thanks, Chris. So perhaps one more, one more reflection before we sing. Thanks, John. What I've found helpful is um, I used to think that I had to be sort of a certain, I had to have achieved a certain qualification before I could be effective, and therefore I probably would, would have sort of spent the rest of my life not being effective, thinking that I hadn't reached that sort of status or qualification of then being effective. And what I found hugely releasing and helpful is just being able to just to be able to say to god every day thank you that you're already working where i'm about to to go that you're already gone before me just show me a bit today about where i where i need to fit into your plans and actually that's really really helpful we don't have to achieve anything you can get up tomorrow morning and you can just pray that god will show you where he's working and how he wants you to fit into that